Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of JA's Recipe for Success. I'm Lori Salarulo, your host and the proud CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Welcome to my kitchen. I can't wait to be back at JA World's Kitchen uh, and invite you there to see what we do and the amazing work that we do with our young people. You know, uh, this show was created so that we could hear the stories and the journeys of you know, leaders, community leaders, business leaders, entrepreneurs, because hearing their journey, right, is so often inspirational, motivational. And often sometimes we say, oh, my God, I needed to hear that. And so often our guests put that in the chat. So feel free to ask questions. If you have missed any of our shows and you want to check them out, they're all there at jasouthflorida.org. So, you know, this month we celebrate Women's History Month. And this month is a time to reflect on the courage, experiences, and accomplishments of the determined heroic women that came before us. It's also a time to acknowledge that there is still much work to be done in the movement toward gender equality. Uh, for me, it's also a time to pay it forward and lift up the girls who will come behind us. At JA, that's why we created Girls Rule, and that initiative will help prepare every young girl to become fierce leaders. And so if you have not joined the movement, we encourage you to do that and, and ignite your superpower. You know, I'm so thrilled. Uh, recently, I've gotten to know our guest today uh, a little bit uh, on a couple of calls and, and running into her here and there community and finally had the chance to talk. And she's got quite an interesting and exciting journey to share. So I'm, I'm so excited to introduce Rachel Saposnik who is the founder and president of Saposnik Insurance. Uh, and it's a world insurance company and an industry leader in employee benefits and solutions. Although she shared with me, they are growing. So let me welcome Rachel Saposnik. Hi, Rachel. Good morning, Lori. How are you doing? I am doing great. It's gorgeous. The weather, you know, I, I look at the weather reports and see all this disastrous weather, right? That's going out <clears throat> on in the Southeast destroying, you know, communities and neighborhoods. And yet here it is absolutely beautiful. So we're very fortunate and blessed. Well, as a, as a proud Floridian, it always makes me so happy when I see that sun rising and watching all the companies now that are starting to move to Florida, particularly yeah. in Broward County. So uh, it's all good. It's all good. Yes, we are. I, you can't even get a house. Right. Everything's selling for more than the asking price and there's no inventory from what I understand. So that's a good thing. I'm sure we'll have some some downsides for those of us who have been here a while. We'll be like, where? Are they? Why don't they go home? You know, kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but sounds like they're not going home this time. This, so, this is home. This is home. <laughs> exactly. It will become home for them. So, you know, I was so intrigued and so impressed um, when we had the chance to talk a couple of weeks ago um, about your journey. And so if, if you could, for our audience, could you please share just kind of like a couple of highlights along the way of like, how did you even get into the insurance business? Um, I'd love to, you know, I was born here. Uh, however, my, my family, uh, are immigrants. My mother was from France. My father was from Panama. So I'm a first generation American and, uh, never did I think I was going to get into the insurance business. Uh, my parents actually had a hard time even letting me go to college. You know, it's not how they grew up and it was really an issue. And many times when I speak at schools, I speak to the girls and, and, and to the students to let them know that 
parents, a lot of times, especially if they're immigrants, don't understand the process of college and how to even enroll. So that was a that was a journey in itself. But uh, I got into the insurance business completely, completely by accident. I was working at a linen store. I was selling uh, towels and sheets and uh, comforters. Um, it was actually in, if you're familiar with the area in Aventura in Lomans, there was a place called Linen Chess. I was 21 years old and I was about to get married and a woman walked in and she changed my life. You just never know when your life is about to change. So yeah. she uh, had become my customer. She had been there a couple of times and she asked me if I would be interested in becoming uh, an insurance agent because she was a manager for John Hancock. And I said, are you kidding me? There is no way that 21 years old insurance business is like, no, it's not for me. You know, I thought I was going to become a lawyer or something else. I just, no. She said, let me just give you a training. So I said, okay, I'll take the chance. And she trained me. Uh, she actually uh, really had me understand what it is to be in the uh, the business side of it. So she ended up training me and she became my mentor. And mm -hmm. as my mentor, she was always there for me. Um, and that is something I've paid forward my whole life. So when she trained me with all the products, I ended up working for Hancock for, for five years and um, I got fired in the fifth year because I had two children. And my second, you know, I was, I was working from the, uh, the house. I was, had two babies there. I just couldn't meet the quotas and, uh, I, I got fired, but we were a two income house household. And I started to just cold call, just cold call, cold call, cold call. And I ended up getting an appointment with a hotel called pier 66. Huh? Um, and I said to them, you know, there's a new product coming in the market and it's called an HMO. There had never been an HMO. There had been, never been an HMO uh, in the market. We didn't even know what it was, but it was the beginning. And I called my mentor up and I said to Gloria, I said, Gloria, I have this appointment with Pure 66. I have no idea what to do. <laughs> no um, so she said, just go over there, get the information and I'll help you. So I went over there, I got all the information and she helped me. We put a whole program together and you know, uh, it was very exciting. So we then presented the program and they loved it. And the next day I get a call saying, you know, we really love what you put together. However, you know, we have a longstanding relationship with our current broker. So we're going to take your ideas, but we're going to use our current broker. <sighs> That, that was that was a moment that changed my life because there's a couple things you could do. You could get very upset. You could, you know, you don't really know how to handle it. So I asked, I asked the person, I said, do you mind if I come see you? And this is, you know, Pier 66 was about 15 minutes away. He was like, yeah, come. So I went over there. But before I went there, I called Gloria. I said, Gloria, this is what just happened. What should I do? So she said, Ask them if they'll let you sell some voluntary plans, just, just to get in there. And uh, so when I went over there, I spoke to him and I said, I said, Dana, I know, and I appreciate that you're meeting with me. Uh, and I appreciate your loyalty to your current program. 
And I know one day you'll be that loyal to me. Do you mind, would you allow me to sell some voluntary life insurance and different things? And he goes, you know what, you worked hard, yes. So every month, every month I went to there and I sat in the cafeteria and I spoke to the employees there every, every month. And at the end of that year, he came to me, he said, you've done such an amazing job. We're going to give you the account. And that, again, changed my life because it gave me enough money to get out of the house, rent a little office. And then I just started growing from there. I just started to see yeah. that education uh, is so important in every aspect of someone's life, including understanding their insurance products. They need to understand it. Wow. So you turned getting fired into creating this amazing, right? Unbelievable company that uh, just took off. I mean, that's, that's truly amazing. So, you know, I mean, there, you know, you talk about people, you know, what do you do when you fall? I'd like to call it fall rather than fail. You know, what happens when you do? And like you said, you could just give up or you can keep, you can persist. Right. Uh, and it certainly sounds like it was worth persisting. Um, you know, so, so you became uh, that small one person company uh, and then built this amazing, you know, big insurance company, um, which is now global, I believe. And so tell me a little bit about, you know, what were the growing pains? What was, what was that transition? Did it happen gradually or did it just like all of a sudden take off? You know, it took time. I mean, you know, you start to uh, get secure in what you're doing. Uh, you start to hire people, then you train them and they become uh, part of what your journey's like, because after a while, I was more training my team and then allowing them to go out there and really um, continue to teach uh, our clients about their benefits. And it just, over time, evolved. I ended up having, at the, the height of the company, I had about 70 employees and uh, predominantly women, predominantly mm. women, because I knew how hard it was for me when I was working at John Hancock to meet quotas. So I did not have any quotas and we were very flexible with the women. So if they had to go to a baseball game or a ballet, or they had to take care of a parent, you know, we have a lot of different roles. We, we as women don't just have a career. We have a life in and of itself just by being caretakers and mm -hmm. A lot of companies don't understand that. So we were very, very sympathetic to those type of situations. And we, we have great loyalty of our employees and our clients. And it just became something that I was an anomaly because I was really the only woman that had built an insurance company to that extent in South Florida. Um, I was very involved in non-for-profit. So I, was, I really believe in paying it forward and giving back. And all of that became part of our culture and part of our core values was to uh, continue with through our success to also provide success for other people and, and teach them and uh, help them in their own careers. Yeah, so important to pay forward. First of all, obviously, I'm I went from corporate to nonprofit, so I certainly believe. In both, on both sides, right? It's so important to give back to the community. Um, and, and you know, I'm, I'm on a podcast tomorrow. And, and one of the topics is, um, you know, besides the feel good re reason for giving back to the community, which, you know, 
hopefully is the number one reason, but there's so many other benefits to companies and people getting involved in nonprofits. But you talk, and I'm glad you mentioned that about being a mostly uh, women, woman staff, you know, and so I can't imagine you said you were one of the first women to start an insurance company. What was that like, especially we're in Women's Right History Month. Talk a little bit about some of the, you know, we had Kara Golden on for the Girls Rules. She was our keynote speaker on Tuesday. And she talked about overcoming the doubts and the doubters, right? I know you had to re to meet some doubters along the way. Oh, for sure. There was definitely doubt. But we have to, um, you know, what I had to do was really be strong. So sometimes when you, you know, when you're a woman and you're strong, you're aggressive. Mm -hmm. That's what you're called. You're called aggressive as opposed to being assertive. Um, so I just had to ignore all the noise that I heard out there and be the person that I needed to be to, to achieve what was necessary. So for instance, when in the insurance industry, even till today, there's very few women executives, believe it or not, there's very few. Yeah. And so when you want to meet with a, an executive and it's a man, a lot of times it's very hard because they don't want to be seen with a woman having lunch. You know, it's, it's things like that, little simple things that you can't do. I can't go play golf with, with a person one-on-one -on -one, uh, <laughs> because I'm a woman. So you have to work around that and figure out ways to get in touch with them that will allow you to get the information that you need. Uh, until this day is the same. It's, it's absolutely the same. I'll go into a convention. There might be two or three women. It's the rest, it's all men. Um, so we have to uh, help each other and really promote uh, each other in this industry. It's a fantastic industry. You know, uh, what's beautiful about it is it's flexible. I had three children. When I started the company, I had two children. I had another baby while I uh, was running the company. I had the flexibility because of the way the, the industry is to really spend time with my kids and have the time to go to the baseball games and go to the, the different things that my children were doing. Um, so, you know, when you have doubters out there, just ignore them. That's what I always felt like. I just ignored them. It's, it's their problem, not mine. And I would just look forward. Um, the key to this, to success, I believe, is don't look back. The key to success is don't look back because looking back only hurts your neck. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I got to write that one down. Hurts your neck. <laughs> Uh, um, that's, I've not heard that one in a year's worth of shows. I have not heard that one. So I love it. You know, and you talk about those challenges of, you know, I, re I remember those dates, right? You know, the young women today, even the ones that are out there into the, in the workforce already, you know, I, I talk about this sometimes. Leadership and organizations and cultures have changed so much in the last 30 years, right? We didn't have a seat at the table when I was in corporate. You know, your job was to get the job done. They told us what we needed to do and you went, right? You didn't have a chance to be innovative. I mean, maybe in your job and in, in your department, but not as far as the overall organization, right? We couldn't do one-on-ones. It wasn't seen well to go have lunch with a man or, right? There was this whole thing around, you know, women, especially if you were a married woman. Oh my God, that was really bad. Talk about 
the changes that you've seen in that, right, to where we are today for women. And I agree with you, you know, that I, I you said it nicely. You said, you know, when we're, um, when we're strong women, right, we're aggressive or we're biage, right? You know, it's, 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 you, you, you but it, like you said, we got to ignore it. But talk about, have you seen that change? Have you seen that, that attitude about strong women changing over the years? Honestly, honestly, I I feel it's changed slightly, but not really that much. Not, Uh, you know, and 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 if you look at, just look at boards, just look at boards, public boards. You know, there's been an initiative to bring women onto public boards. We're still less than 5% of the public boards have women. And if they have a woman, they say, okay, we have a woman. Like, it's like, okay. We're a token. Okay, we added this person on. She's a woman. Okay, check the box. Instead of being part of the fiber of the companies, instead of being part of the fiber of the boards. um, So I think we still have we still have a ways to go. And the way that we get there is through our own success. We can't rely really on anybody else. We have to rely on our own success. And we do need to have a seat at the table. And sometimes you have to ask for that seat. Time as women, we wait to say, oh, they're just, you know, I'm going to wait. Well, what are you waiting for? Well, they're going to ask me. Well, no, they're not. What you need to do is let them know that you're interested. And that's what I have done. I have done that uh, several times. I sit on a few boards and uh, and I, I told them I was interested in being in a board. And that's how I was selected uh, for the position. And I right. think we as women... As young girls, um, we need to understand that we need to ask for what we want and, oh. and and follow through with that. And as you start to do that, you start to have that success and have that opportunity to be on those different boards. But I think that um, over time, what has changed, I think, is our ability as women to lean in, to lean in. And act, and not to be afraid to ask for what they want as, from a position. The biggest mistake women make, and I've seen it over and over again, is that they don't think they're ready for the position. Mm-hmm. They don't think they're ready. So they're, I'm not ready for it yet. Whereas men are like, I'll take the position and I'll figure it out. Right. And that's what we need to understand. That That is not a criticism of men. I admire that. I admire that of men. I think that's, that's the right way to go. We need yeah. to and we need to appreciate the fact that we will learn. And by not taking a position, by not t- taking uh, that, that chance, we're not going to learn. So it's up to us. I love that. I, I, I just, you know, I, as someone who has to raise money, which is basically sales, but our widget is an amazing mission, right, in, in my mind. I always say, if you don't ask, you don't get it. And whether that's but it's so interesting that you said that because it's so much easier, even myself. And I've learned as I've, I've grown, you know, and had more experience and, and I get older because I think as we get older too, you kind of go, yeah, well, if they don't like it, you know, no, no big deal. Right. We, we care a lot less about what people think as I think as we get older and more confident. Right. Um, but I think that 
it's easy to ask for something else, right? Will you buy insurance? Will you, you know, donate to our organization, whatever that might be. But when we're asking for ourselves, for that position, for that raise, and that's why I'm so excited about the girls initiative because they're going to hear about that. Don't be afraid to ask. I love that one. Um, and I have to make sure we have a workshop on that one, but I'm pretty sure we do. Should have had you teach that one and facilitate <laughs> next time. Um, but so I, I really, really love that. Um, you know, it, so we talk a lot about the women part, right? But somebody asked me the other day, well, if you could give one piece of advice to men, right, who might be inclined to want to help women, right, and, and help them move along, what would the advice be to, to men? What can they do to help? Right. My advice to men would be you're going to help yourself. You're going to help yourself because when you uh, give a woman a chance, she is going to be there and she's going to do an incredible job. And that's going to be a reflection on you. And actually, you're going to, you know, think about how you've helped somebody and ultimately helped yourself. And I think that that is a way of looking at it because there are incredible women out there that are very talented, very talented that can be at the C, should be at the C-suite and are kind of just waiting there, waiting there. So, you know, open, open your eyes and give that person the chance um, that will allow them to excel, will allow you as a man to excel because you, you've opened that door. Yeah, so important. I, I love that. Um, you know, you talked about having children and, you know, of course, being sympathetic and, and empathetic for the women who work with you, right? Understanding they need that flexibility. I remember uh, a couple of years ago, somebody asked me to do a presentation on uh, work-life balance. And I'm like, work-life balance? You're asking me to do something on work-life Like, I am the worst example of work-life balance. First of all, I don't believe that there is such a thing, right? I, I don't think that the scales are ever even or in balance. Uh, and I'm a Libra, so I think things should be in, in balance. Um, but I do think there's such a thing as work-life integration, right? So you did this. You did this with three children, right, under your arms. Um, and... So, and by the way, when I did the presentation, the first slide up there was this woman sitting in a yoga position and all the little thought bubbles around her were all calm. And, and I said to the audience, you would think that's me since they asked me to do this. And the next one is this woman scurrying down the street with a kid under arm, the lunchbox opening, the papers flying in. I go, but that's me. <laughs> um, so how did you make it all work? How did you integrate it all? Well, uh, several ways. First of all, like I said, you have to ask, right? So my parents were fabulous. So my mom and dad were incredible. They would help with the kids, pick them up from school. Um, I also, I was married at the time. My ex-husband is a wonderful father. Also very helpful in um, just with the kids. So you need help. And I think one of the big mistakes women make is that they feel guilty. And their guilt causes them to say, I have to do everything. Mm. No, no, you don't. You don't have to do everything. Ask for help. And that's what I did. So I, I think that that to me from, from a very early age, when I saw with my son and then the second son and my daughter, I couldn't do it all. 
and yeah. and I wasn't going to feel guilty about it. And um, I have very close relationship with all my children. I have nine grandchildren now, and um, uh, and you know what? Some of the things that they appreciate the most is the fact that they grew up with their grandparents helping. Mm. You know, they really they really appreciate you know the ability to grow up with my father and you know with their grandfather with my mother. And I think it's it's actually better for them to have the multicultural, multi uh, uh, facets of the dynamics of family, you know. So I was very lucky. I was very lucky to have that help. Yeah, yeah. You had the support system in place, right? You didn't have to go find it. You know, um, I look at my my children, especially my daughter, and I remember, you know, I was a stay at home mom for for a few years while I was married. And then after when I went through the divorce, um, you know, started to go back out uh, and kind of reinvented myself in the nonprofit world, right? Taking all the, the business skills. Um, and I can remember my daughter said to me one day, moms don't work, right? I grew up with a very strong working mom from the time I was three. I mean, she was subbing from the time I was born, became a superintendent of schools. So I always saw my mom work. And I knew women could reach the top because I saw that, right? Um, and she fought her way and she asked, right? She was that that strong woman. Um, so I had a great example. And then I, when my daughter said that to me, it was kind of like, wow, I need to show her that women can do more than stay at home and be at your soccer games and run the PTA, right? That we can have it all. Um, and so I'm sure that that was an example. And as a role model, right, you were there to show your kids right. that they could have it all. Yeah. You know, my daughter now is work. She actually works in the company. Uh, shout out to Jacqueline. Hi, <laughs> Jacqueline. And she has a baby. She has a baby. And she's working. She's working. Uh, she works full time. And she's, same thing. She's figuring it out. She's, you know, she's asking for help. She's figuring it out. And, um, I think that's what makes you who you are, you know, is being able to do that and, and find your path and, and journey. And that's what she's doing. Oh. Um, and I think it's important because from, even from a child's perspective, when they see their parents, uh, stay at home is great. You know, if you have the ability mm -hmm. to stay at home, great. And if you have the ability to work, that's great. It's not a matter of saying one's better than the other. Right. You Agree. Find your own inner peace. So whatever makes you happy, and if you have the ability to work and also raise your children and 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 be part of that growth for them, I think it's wonderful for them to see that. And yeah. you know, now that now that my kids are adults, and I've had conversations with them, and I've asked them, you know, because now I could ask, how did you feel when I wasn't able to make the baseball game, or how did you feel when I wasn't able to make the soccer game? You know, and, and they're were, they were honest. They said, look, we didn't like it, but we understood. And now that we're adults, we get it even more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that you talked about the flexibility with your women, the women on your team. You know, we understand. And I remember when I went into, when I started to work and I started out in the nonprofit, basically reinventing. I knew I needed to find something that I could be at that those games because it was important to me and it was important to them. Um, and I was very fortunate to uh, to to get a job at Habitat, where the the CEO at the time had was a single dad, 
And so he totally got it. Um, and you'll be like, I don't really care when you work, how you do it. You just have to raise a million and a half dollars. So figure it out. Right. And, and that's what I tell my team. I'm not going to micromanage you. Right. We, don't, we don't really have quotas. We have goals, right? Organizations for the goals and all of that. Figure it out. What can I do to help you? Right. How can I support you? Um, but I'm not going to micromanage. Right. And so that is so important to let to empower people, as you said. You know, real important. So what I always do at this point is uh, read back some of your ingredients to success. And then I'm going to ask you for your main ingredients to success. So I'll give you a second to think about that. So some of the things that you mentioned that helped you to be successful was very first, you mentioned that mentor, right? And how important she was in your career and helping you get started, asking for help, being grateful and don't give up. Love that. You did not give up. You went back in there to the Pier 66. Um, you know, what you do with failure will make or break the future, obviously. Sympathy and empathy for others, paying it forward and giving back to the community, building that culture on values that you talked about, teaching and helping others. I love this one. I circled it. Ignore the noise. And I think that's that and asking for help are the two hardest things for women, I know they are for me. Um, helping each other as women, as you said, lifting each other up. So often we're, we're tearing, you, know, you see it, we tear each other down. Uh, looking forward, don't look back, it hurts your neck. Love that one. Ask for the seat at the table, uh, lean in, right? I love that. Um, I, 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 what I really love about the story is that you started with the fact that you got fired and then you know, did all this. And so how you turned it around, have that support system, uh, getting rid of the guilt, right. And don't let the guilt take over. It's okay not to do it all. Find your path, be who you are and find your inner peace. Uh, sounds like an amazing, uh, recipe for success, obviously, uh, living proof of that. But what is Rachel Saposnik's main ingredient to success? Tenacity. Yeah. I knew you was going to be something like that. <laughs> Talk about that for a second. Talk about your main ingredient. It's tenacity. It's just getting up every day and fighting the fight. You know, just keep going forward. Just, you know, accept. I, I always tell uh, people this. No is a yes waiting to happen. <laughs> I love it. You know, it's funny. A friend of mine said to me one day, we were talking about fundraising and I probably was asking him for money or something. I don't know. And he said, you are relentless. And I can remember that that bothered me when he said it at first. And then I thought about it overnight and I was like, wait a minute. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Right. And I am relentless in the pursuit. I am relentless about my passion to help these young people and prepare them, right? I had my career and I want them to have theirs. And I want to, I want to share what said relentless and I, I wear it all the time. I send them pictures of it all the time. So, um, but so yes, I love no is a yes waiting to happen. That's going up on my wall this week. <laughs> I love that. 
So thank you. But I, I thank you. I'm so glad that I um, have gotten to know you better. I, you know, I reached out to you, I know, and said, we run into each other at every event. There's pictures on Facebook of us in the same group of pictures with, with different women. And we've never had a conversation, right? And right. thanks to our friend, Steve Noodleberg, who kind of said, okay, you guys need to meet, right? Uh, he's a great connector. And so I'm grateful for that. Grateful for the chance to get to know you a little bit and um, look forward. I have a feeling our paths are going to stay connected. Uh, and I wish you the best of luck in all of that. And um, thank you for sharing. I really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. And by the way, my birthday is in October also. Are you a Libra too? Yes, I am. You know what? I, I'm telling him some of my closest friends are Libras. We are just sweet. I don't know what it is, but. I love it. I should have known you were a Libra because we immediately clicked. So, so thanks for being here. And thanks to everyone who's watching and everyone who will watch. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Jay's Recipe for Success. Keep on cooking.